The midterm elections are looming. Here's what does and doesn't matter. Live from San Francisco today and joined by Julia Herman in New York, I'm Lauren Goodwin, and this is Market Matters from New York Life Investments. In this podcast, we bring you the best insights from across the New York Life Investments platform because we believe that by sharing perspectives and engaging with you, our listeners, we can all become better investors. Welcome, everybody. It's the week of October 10th, 2022. And today, we're about a month out from the U.S. midterm elections, where the makeup of the House and the Senate are at stake. We'll cover the possible scenarios and what they might mean for your portfolios. The first message we want to leave you with today, though, is that these midterms do not appear to us to be the driving force for markets this year. That's right. It comes down to policy, not politics. And by policy, in this case, we mean fiscal policy. What matters for markets the most is not the probability of a Republican sweep or a Democratic holdout necessarily, but rather the policies that become more or less likely under each of those scenarios. To the extent that midterms do matter, we have some scenarios for you. There are three possible ones. A split Congress, where one party controls the Senate and the other controls the House. A Republican sweep, where the Republican Party controls both. Or a Democratic sweep. All right, let's start with the Democratic sweep scenario because the Dems narrowly control both houses now. This would roughly reflect the current situation the best. If the Democrats sweep, it's likely that the market would expect higher taxes to fund more spending. One specific policy proposal that's likely to happen in this case would be a child tax credit. The market would likely view the higher spending paradigm in that case as inflationary because that's been what's happened lately. And that could have implications for the Fed if that spending comes to fruition. But it is worth a reminder that fiscal policy usually comes with a meaningful time lag. So that impact wouldn't necessarily be immediate. We're going to weave some portfolio pause angles into these scenarios. So Julia, with respect to this Democratic sweep, what sectors do you think would benefit from policy changes like this if they happened? Yeah, so I would say that healthcare, first and foremost, could benefit, namely from increased Medicaid funding. Communications could also benefit from broadband funding because Wi-Fi is being treated more and more like a public utility. And I would also throw in there the infrastructure, utilities, clean energy paradigm benefiting from the prioritization of green transition spending. It's worth noting, though, that this is already basically baked in with what we've already seen this year through the Inflation Reduction Act. So this wouldn't necessarily be new. Moving right along then to a Republican sweep scenario, if the GOP takes over, it seems likely to us that they would have to negotiate with the Democratic president over budget matters, first and foremost, with the potential to vote against raising the debt ceiling. We saw this mini crisis play out in 2021. Republicans could likely secure concessions in that case from the Biden administration in areas like prescription drug pricing, IRS funding, and traditional energy investment. So back to the sectors that could benefit in that case, we'd be thinking about energy, materials, pharmaceuticals, and even defense. That's right. And so then if we mix and match those scenarios, one party controls the House, one party controls the Senate. That's a split Congress scenario. And according to many polling websites, including 538, at the time of this recording in early October, the Democrats are slightly favored to win the Senate and Republicans are slightly favored to win the House. The result, split Congress, policy gridlock. Yeah, so this is a a really interesting scenario because it's not great from the perspective of getting meaningful things done on the legislative side, but it is the favorable scenario if you're looking for reduced election-related political risk for the market. 
In this case, the main risk that we see in this scenario is of a government shutdown. These can be very disruptive to daily life. Julia, you and I have both lived in DC, or if you visited a national park, you can see that impact right away. But according to our historical analysis, shutdowns haven't in the past had a clear directional impact on any asset class in the markets. Coming in with the sectors again, the sectors favored here might be technology because antitrust legislation would be more unlikely with a split Congress. We'd also be thinking about industrials, which might see a tariff reduction, healthcare, where in a split Congress scenario, the status quo would likely continue. And finally, energy. Here again, we'd be thinking about the maintenance of the status quo, but also the idea that energy independence appears to be a bipartisan issue. All right, very interesting analysis, but that makes our scenario analysis complete. So let's zoom back out quickly to the risks that could apply to any of these scenarios, because when it comes to investments, in many cases, those are the ones that seem bigger or more likely. Arguably, the most important item at stake in politics now and probably ever is the full faith and credit of the United States. And this is at stake when the debt ceiling discussions come up. That's right. So the U.S. and many countries across the world have been issuing a lot of debt to cope with the pandemic and to fund spending programs to support households and businesses through what was a very challenging time. And so the debt ceiling over time is what allows the U.S. to have that type of debt expansion and pay its creditors, as in not default on treasuries. Some context for everyone. Treasuries are considered the risk-free asset by the entire financial system. It is literally the anchor for everything, so this is a big deal. Yeah, and there have been two instances of a near or true crisis regarding the debt ceiling. One in 2011, I was in the DC at the time, it was very dramatic, and one in 2021. Both created a lot of anxiety, and this is a risk particularly with a split Congress scenario or if we have a Republican sweep with a Democratic president, that's its own sort of split in a way. And that would supersede, in our view, many of the other potential political risks. However, by no means do we expect as a base case a U.S. default. It's just an area that could impact the markets as debates play out. Yeah, I'm glad you made that part super clear, Lauren. So let me conclude with this scenario analysis and these risks by saying... The elections do matter a lot for, for policy. They impact almost every facet of our lives. When it comes to the impact of policies on the markets, though, we aren't expecting that the fiscal side of things will matter as much for the markets this time around. Key word there, Julia, though, fiscal, because there is one other form of policy that really matters for the markets in this economic cycle, and that's monetary policy or Fed policy. We've been talking so much this year about how the Fed's need to contain inflation has roiled the markets. And that's because markets are primarily driven by earnings and the time value of money. And monetary policy, unlike fiscal policy at this time, is impacting both. To prove this point, we ran some of our own numbers and we took almost every asset class out there and we compared its performance this year against a series of midterm years. We took an average going back to 1970. And what we found is that stocks, U.S. stocks from growth to value, small and large cap, also international stocks and emerging markets are all underperforming this year versus average midterm years. Now, of course, the caveat here is that if you average a bunch of years together, then the average tends to be compressed in terms of its outcomes. But we very much stand by the idea that this is a below average year for equity performance, really across different types of equity. And that's primarily because of Fed and other central bank policy. 
And in line with what we've been discussing on other episodes, we don't expect this dynamic to change anytime soon. The Fed has very much signaled that it's not yet done with its hiking cycle. We should also add that the headwinds to global economic growth continue to accumulate. And in our view, the U.S. equity market has not yet priced in a true recession scenario. So we'd expect any signs of a further growth slowdown ahead to outweigh the election impact in the fourth quarter. We aren't suggesting that the midterms don't matter at all. Instead, this is context. Politics might seem all-encompassing at times, but policy outcomes are ultimately what are going to affect the markets. Coming up next, September inflation numbers come out on Wednesday. We'll keep you posted on any potential impact or change to the Fed policy ahead. That's it for today. We'll be back next week with more Market Matters. In the meantime, if you have a question or topic of interest, reach out to us on LinkedIn. You can also follow our views at newyorklifeinvestments.com and by clicking the Insights tab. Until then, I'm Lauren Goodwin. And I'm Julia Herman. See you next time. Our podcast is produced by Milo Benamats and our music was composed by the fabulous Zach Young. I will now read our disclosures from compliance. Past performance is no guarantee of future results, which may vary. All investments are subject to market risk and will fluctuate in value. This material represents an assessment of the market environment at a specific date, is subject to change, and is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results. This information should not be relied upon by the reader as research or investment advice regarding the funds or any issuer or security in particular. The strategies discussed are strictly for illustrative and educational purposes and are not a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any securities or adopt any investment strategy. There's no guarantee that any strategies discussed will be effective. This material contains general information only and does not take into account an individual's financial circumstances. This information should not be relied upon as a primary basis for an investment decision. Rather, an assessment should be made as to whether the information is appropriate in individual circumstances and consideration should be given to talking to a financial advisor before making an investment decision. New York Life Investments is both a service mark and the common trade name of certain investment advisors affiliated with New York Life Insurance Company. Securities are distributed by Nylife Distributors, LLC, 30 Hudson Street, Jersey City, New Jersey, 07302, a wholly owned subsidiary of New York Life Insurance Company. Nylife Distributors, LLC is a member of FINRA SIPC.